0: This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. On behalf of Doug and the entire team at Somebody Cares America, I want to say thank you for your continued support through your giving and also through subscribing and listening weekly to our podcast, A Word in Season. I'm Cassie Smith, and I'm honored to work behind the scenes on a Word in Season podcast. Today, Doug has asked me to share my heart on Matthew 25. But before I begin, I want to share a little bit about my backstory. So, I'm a fourth generation ordained minister, and for the last 20 years, I've served alongside my grandparents and my parents in the ministry. I currently work at Somebody Cares America based in Houston, Texas, and I help oversee the Greater Houston Worship Community with my brother, Mike Smith. When this episode ends, you may be looking for ways to deepen your walk with God and navigate the cultural crisis we find ourselves in today. I want to give you a couple of ways. First, there's going to be a link attached to today's episode notes. It's titled Candid Conversation on Healing the Racial Divide. You can listen to that via podcast or you can watch the Zoom video on our YouTube page. A couple of books I recommend that will help during this time is Doug's book on Leadership Awakening. Now more than ever, we need godly, courageous leaders to rise. Another powerful book that's out right now is God Did Not Do This To Me by Lisa Stringer. Lisa's story of the family's trials and triumphs through cancer diagnosis encourages us to put on the full armor of God and to be determined through all of life's tough challenges to keep our eyes on Jesus. Both of these books are available on our e-store at somebodycares.org. If you need someone to agree with you in prayer today, we are going to be available via email, prayer at somebodycares.org, or you can call our prayer line, 855-459-2273. There's a phrase in the Gospels that talks about men's hearts failing them from fear. And so I want to start out there in Luke 21, verse 25 through 28 says this, And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Today, we will either allow our hearts to be awakened or we will allow them to be hardened. Both of those things are our choices. Our hearts will either fail in fear. Or they're going to look up in redemption. Matthew 25 is where I'm going to spend the bulk of of this message. So let's go there now. In Matthew 25, Jesus begins to teach parables that clearly show different reactions that take place in the last days. I'm going to be in the Passion Translation as I read Matthew 25. And it starts off with the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. At the time my coming draws near. Heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to ten maidens who took their oil lamps and went outside to meet the bridegroom and his bride. Five of them were foolish and ill-prepared, for they took no extra oil for their lamps. Five of them were wise and sensible, for they took vlast of olive oil with their lamps. When the bridegroom didn't come when they expected, they all grew drowsy and fell asleep. Then suddenly, in the middle of the night, they were awakened by a shout, Get up! The bridegroom is here. Come out and have an encounter with him. So all the girls got up and trimmed their lamps. But the foolish ones were running out of oil. So they said to the five wise, Share your oil with us because our lamps are going out. We can't, they replied. We don't have enough for all of us. You have to go and buy some for yourselves. While the five girls were out buying oil, the bridegroom appeared. Those who were ready and waiting were escorted inside with him and the wedding party to enjoy the feast. And then the door was locked. Later, the five foolish girls came running up to the door and pleaded, Lord, Lord, let us come in. But he called back, go away. Do I know you? I can assure you, I don't even know you. That is the reason you should always stay awake and be alert because you don't know the day or the hour when the bridegroom will appear. In the Revival Bible, the commentary was written by Tim Delina. And Tim Delina is a senior pastor now at Times Square Church. And in his commentary in the Revival Bible on page 1348, it's titled, Have you checked your oil lately? Every day is a step closer to the end and the beginning of eternity. It is always easier to check the gas gauge of a car than the oil. Checking the gas keeps you going for a few days, but it is the oil that keeps the engine working for the future. In the Jewish tradition, wedding virgins would not carry flowers like today, but torches, sticks with bowls on top, and a wick in the bowl. In the parable, half of the wedding party was unprepared for the great wedding day. This parable shows us the fate of the unprepared. The foolish virgins' lamps burned for a season. Our lamps are going out, they cried. They were losing their light in the darkness. The wedding call would usually come at midnight hour, but these are short-term-minded people. Their lamps burn, but not for long. They shine once and then lose it. He goes on to talk about the oil and the trimming. Oil is usually a representation of the Holy Spirit. Oil softens, it refuses to mix with other things. What does it mean to trim the wick? To trim the wick was to raise the wick and put it in a burnable position. It also means to cleanse the wick of dead ashes that may hinder light. Every compromise. Waters down the wick. I'm going to say that again. Every compromise we make waters down the wick. And I'm talking to us today, first and foremost, as an individual, but then as the corporate body of Christ. We are called to be prepared. We're called to be positioned, awake and alert and ready with oil in our lamps that have softened our hearts and also the wick to be trimmed, to be put in a position. That is burnable. Every compromise waters down the wick. There is a call going out to us today. It is a call to readiness, to being awake and to being alert, to being found watching and waiting for the bridegroom's return. You know, this is the day and the hour where there becomes a clear line between sincere Christians. And those that are hypocrites, or we know Doug has shared with us what that word means is play acting. There's a clear cut between those who have a sincere relationship with God. It is people who have taken his word serious. Like in Micah 6, 8, he's shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. So we're living in an hour where there is a clear cut between sincere Christians and those who have been acting. Sincere Christians are aware, awake, looking for Jesus, listening for Him, and ready for His return. They have oil in their lamps and their wicks are trimmed. They have clear vision without compromise. We must have our mind alert and tuned into what Jesus is saying. To be full of oil is to be prepared in advance to have been in the word and allowing the word of God to root deeply in our hearts. So let's return back to Matthew chapter 25, and it's the parable. The next part of this, we've talked about the parable of the foolish and the wise virgins, and then Jesus goes into speaking on the parable of the talents or in the passion translation. It calls it, a parable about financial stewardship. And verse 14 is where we're going to pick up. It says again, heaven's kingdom realm is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all his trusted servants and assigned his financial management over to them. Before he left on his journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants, to another, a bag of 2,000 gold coins, and to the third, a bag of 1,000 gold coins each according to his ability to manage. The one trusted with 5,000 gold coins immediately went out and traded with the money, and he doubled his investment. In the same way, the one who was entrusted with 2,000 gold coins traded with the sum and likewise doubled his investment. But the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. Verse 19, after much time had passed, the master returned to settle accounts with his servants. The one who was entrusted with 5,000 gold coins came and brought 10,000, saying, See, I have doubled your money. Commending his servant, the master replied, You have done well and proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. Because you have been faithful steward to manage a small sum, now I will put you in charge of much, much more. You will experience the delight of your master, who will say to you, Come and celebrate with me. Then the one who had been entrusted with two thousand gold coins came in and said, See, master, I have doubled what you have entrusted to me. Commending his servant, the master replied, You have done well and proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. Because you were faithful to manage a small sum, now I will put you in charge of much, much more. You will experience the delight of your master, who will say to you, Come and celebrate with me. Let me pause right there just to say what we probably are all aware of, and that is that they had different sums of money and were able to bring an increase of both of those sums. So the sums and what they brought to the table were different in number, and yet the master gave them the same reward. He praised them and told them they had done well, and they'd proven to be his loyal and trustworthy servant. And they were both invited to come and celebrate. I know sometimes we get caught up in comparison and we get caught up in looking at what each other have and what our start, you know, what each other started with. Um, But the truth is, when we have a heavenly perspective, all of that doesn't matter. What matters is Christ views us all the same. And when we are faithful with whatever we have been given, to go out and invest it and let it produce a harvest that we bring again back to the master and say, this is what I've done with what you gave me, we're going to all receive that same eternal reward that says, well done, that good and faithful servant, come celebrate with me. Verse 24 says, then, then the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins came to his master and said, Look, sir, I know that you are a hard man to please, and you're a shrewd and ruthless businessman who grows rich on the back of others. I was afraid of you, and so I went out and I hid your money, and I buried it in the ground. But here it is. Take it. It's yours. Angered by what he heard, the master said to him, You're an untrustworthy and lazy servant. If you knew I was a shrewd and ruthless businessman who always makes a profit, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? Then I would have received it all back with interest when I returned. But because you were unfaithful, I will take the 1,000 gold coins and give them to the one who has 10,000. We don't talk about this a lot in our circles and in our church culture today. We don't like to talk about the fact that there is a great coming together and a great falling away. We don't talk about the coming judgment, but it is it is not just in Old Testament that judgment is talked about, but it's here in the words of Jesus himself where he begins to warn of a coming judgment. This parable teaches us to be found working, which doesn't just mean any works, but it means to be faithful and diligent to the work that God has called us to. What is the work that he's called us to? The work he's called us to is found in the Great Commission. Uh, Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So that is the global broad calling of what we have been commissioned to do. Now, how it comes out in our everyday lives, that's where it varies. And that's where there is diversity, our our career paths, our family paths, all of those things. There's diversity in how we live out that great commission. So for me, I work for Somebody Cares America, and that is an organization that is made up of network of churches that our heart is to be tangible expressions of Christ in our communities that may come out in prayer initiatives, that comes out in compassion outreach, that comes out in leadership development, and that comes out through our disaster relief work. But all of that is us fulfilling the great commission, which is to go out and to preach the gospel and to make disciples. And so yours may be that you're a doctor, a lawyer. You may be a stay-at-home wife. You may be raising your children. Um, All of those things are, I mean, there's no end to the amount of noble work that can be done. My parents um, do housing inspection for new developments. All of those career paths, there is a great commission that's on our lives that those things that we do in our everyday life, that is going to be what flows. Our careers are tools in the hands of God that enables us to Preach the gospel and to make disciples. It is not just for those that stand behind a pulpit to do that. And so we need to be found as these first two, no matter what was given in our hands by the master, we need to be found bringing a return and not burying it like the last guy who was afraid that he wouldn't do it right. And so he just goes out and bury it. And even then, the master tells him, even if you didn't go out and work, You should have at least put it in a bank where it would be drawing interest. But you chose to do nothing. You chose to bury it. And so we are to be found working to be faithful and diligent to the work that God has called us to do, which is firstly the Great Commission, and then that comes out in whatever career path we are on. This is a parable that Jesus taught about being intentional in our everyday lives with what he has given us to do versus being fearful of him and, or being lazy. That one guy may have seen the other two. It said that immediately they took what they had and began to go out and work. He may have seen them and go, wow, I don't want to do that. I don't have time for it. I'm tired. Then he started saying, and plus, I probably wouldn't even do it right. And he goes in and buries it. And so God is calling us to live our lives in a meaningful, industrious way because we are employed of the Lord. First and foremost, we are citizens of heaven. We have to be reminded and keep that in the forefront so that we do not grow fearful nor lazy in the work or like in the first parable, so we don't fall asleep and get tired and think he's never coming. We need to be reminded in this hour that we will be judged not only for the things that we do, but the things that we don't do. And God has put us, if you're breathing and you're listening to this right now, you have been given something in your hands. And when we stand before the Lord in that great day, we will be judged according to what we did with what is in our hands. And so he goes on in Matthew 25. Again, this is Jesus who is teaching on these parables. And he goes on and he gives a third story. And it's about the sheep and the goats. I'm in verse 31. And he says this, When the Son of Man appears in His majestic glory with all His angels by His side, He will take a seat on His throne of splendor, and all the nations will be gathered together before Him. And like a shepherd who separates the sheep from the goats, He will separate all the people. The sheep He will put on His right side and the goats on His left. Then the king will return to those on his right and say, You have a special place in my Father's heart. Come and experience the full inheritance of the kingdom realm that has been destined for you from the foundations of the world. For when you saw me hungry, you fed me. When you found me thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I had no place to stay, you invited me in. And when I was poorly clothed, you covered me. When I was sick, you tenderly cared for me. And when I was in prison, you visited me. Then the godly will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty and give you food or something to drink? When did we see you with no place to stay and invite you in? When did we see you poorly clothed and cover you? When did we see you sick and tenderly care for you or in prison and visit you? Verse 40. And the king will answer them, Don't you know, when you cared for one of the least important of these, my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you demonstrated love for me. Then to those on his left, the king will say, Leave me, for you are under the curse of eternal fire that has been destined for the devil and his demons. For when you saw me hungry, you refused to give me food. And when you saw me thirsty, you refused to give me something to drink. I had no place to stay, and you refused to take me in as your guest. When you saw me poorly clothed, you closed your hearts and would not cover me. When you saw that I was sick, you didn't lift a finger to help me. And when I was imprisoned, you never came to visit me. And then those on his left will say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty and not give you food and something to drink? When did we see you homeless or poorly clothed? When did we see you sick and not help you or in prison and not visit you? Then he will answer them, Don't you know? When you refuse to help one of the least important among these my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you refuse to help and honor me, and they will depart from his presence and go into eternal punishment. But the godly and beloved sheep will enter into eternal bliss. This parable shows us that there are stakes in this life. They involve our witness, how we live our lives before each other. These stakes are eternal. We are called to receive each other with grace as if Jesus himself was standing in front of us. Jesus is saying through this parable that whatever we did or didn't do for one of his little ones, we did or didn't do it unto him. I want to close out today just, um, I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians for a minute. And in this book of the Bible, it talks about the ministry of reconciliation. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. It says, Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new, and God has made all things new and reconciled us to Himself and has given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the Anointed One that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records. Of their transgressions, and He has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the Anointed One who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to Him. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we who do not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with Him. Let's take for a minute our eyes off of the globe. Let's take it off of the world for a moment and what everyone else should and shouldn't be doing. And let's allow the Holy Spirit right now to illuminate our own hearts. My dad always said, have you ever been at a place with God where you felt closer to Him than you do right now. Most of the time, he, he was a pastor. Most of the time, he would present us as his children or the church with that question in a time when he knew by our actions and our fruit that we were not as close to God as we once had been. And so he would give us that question that would just start chiseling away at places in our heart that had begun to harden. Remember, I opened up this episode with, we will either be awakened or hardened in this hour that we're living in. And so right now where you are listening, I just want to encourage you, close your eyes. As long as you're not driving, close your eyes and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. Until we first learn how to repent and reconcile our own hearts to God, we can't help another person. Until we remove the log out of our eye, we can't help other people with dirt and little splinters of wood. So God, right now where we are, God, we repent of iniquity and wickedness that hides itself in us. It hides behind hurt feelings. It hides behind pride. It hides behind just care for ourselves. When you told us that we are to give our lives away, that we're to die to self. And so, God, I pray right now in my own heart and in my own life, God, that you would awaken my heart fully, that there would be no more excuses so that I can love others like you love, so that I can love your church, Christ, as you love your church. And Father, I thank you for every listener, God, that they would know how um, precious and privileged it has been to be have been given this life in the first place. So God, let us examine what you've given us and let us begin to sow it into others so that we can bring you a return on that day when you come back, Jesus. May we be found ready. May we be found awake. May we be found working and busy about the Father's business. And may we be found clothing those, caring for those, offering a drink to those who are thirsty, visiting those that are imprisoned. God, may we be found doing Isaiah 61. May we be found setting captives free. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org, or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.